Hi, and welcome to AGM Watch, brought to you by the Australian Shareholders Association. Coming up on the 22nd of October 2020 is the Star Entertainment Group AGM, ASX code SGR. Our company monitor is Carol Limmer. Hello, Carol. Hi, hi, Phil. So Star Entertainment operates gaming, leisure and resort facilities. Tell us a little bit about the company, please. Yes. So Star Entertainment Group is an eastern seaboard-based company and they have a big facility in Piermont in Sydney. They have another on the Gold Coast where they're doing further developments and in Brisbane they're currently in the Treasury Building but they're building a huge area at Queen's Wharf. And they have two Hong Kong-based partners who have complementary skills for theirs. So the the Hong Kong-based partners, for instance, are very experienced in the hotel business, which Star has in each of their locations. And they're pretty good operators in that uh, space, aren't they? They are indeed, and their current intention is to remain eastern seaboard-based and not to go internationally. Of course, they've taken a decision not to go into Melbourne because Crown is very well-established and and big in the Melbourne area. Yeah, sometimes it's a good thing not to go international, isn't it? We've seen many Australian companies fall on their face trying to take on the world. Exactly, like Crown went into Macau, for instance. Mm. So on several governance measures, they seem pretty good in terms of responsible gaming and gender diversity and the way they're looking after their staff. Can we look at each of those issues separately? So responsible gambling. Yes, they have a very strong policy in the area of responsible gambling and all the staff are well-trained in that area and on their website there's a full details of their responsible gambling policy. But Essentially, it is, well, excellent. And uh, gender diversity as well? Yes, they have a very active gender diversity policy and they actually have put it well into place and their diversity extends beyond gender. It goes into Indigenous people, people from LGBTI and managers, executives. They're looking to have particular targets in those areas in relation to diversity and on their board they have 33% female participation of non-executive directors. Well that's pretty good and they were very proactive as well in looking after the staff that had to be stood down due to the pandemic didn't they? That's right Phil many of their employees in fact about 95% was stood down when COVID-19 restrictions were first introduced and they were very proactive in supporting their workforce beyond job seeker, for instance. And also they immediately gave all the staff who were stood down two weeks pandemic leave, which cost them about $18 million. And I know that they're continuing to monitor the level of employee engagement on an ongoing basis. And You know, as a positive out of that, their strong support they've given to employees means the leadership of the organisation are being seen as caring. That's good. And I think members of the association would like to feel that their money's in investing in companies that are doing the right thing by their employees. Absolutely. Yes. There's a lot stronger interest these days in things like environment, social and governance issues. And many of our members have quite strong feelings in 
those particular areas. Yep, that's right. So, again, COVID-19 is the big issue this reporting season. So let's have a look at the effects on the financials of SGR. Yes. So in the first half of the financial year 2020, business performance at all STARS sites was progressing really well. But then in March, the pandemic hit and like others, they were substantially affected. It was quite devastating for the business and their people, as I mentioned, a lot of their people had to be stood down. So the revenue and profit were significantly impacted from June with the reopening on a limited basis. The profit began to come a little bit more positive, but of course their VIP business was continuing to remain challenging and still is because of border closures, etc. They've now got 7,000 people back employed and uh, because of the impact on the financials in 2020 in the second half there was no final dividend even though in the first half there was some an interim dividend of 10.5 cents per share fully franked paid to shareholders so their share price declined it started to pick up again a little bit but essentially in Financial year 20, there was a loss of 94.6 million compared with a profit of 198 million for the prior year. They do have reasonable amount in cash, about 700 million, and they've got undrawn debt thanks to 200 million in extra debt facility that they secured in April. So, whilst they had a significant impact, things are starting to look up again. So, Carol, let's turn to the voting intentions. We're going to start with direct re-election, which we're recommending for vote. Is that correct? Sure, that's correct. We're supporting the re-election of um, Mr John O'Neill as a director. John is the board chair and he's also an ex-officio member of all their board committees. Well qualified. He's got quite a good experience going back quite At the time, he was a CEO of the State Bank in New South Wales. He was MD and CEO of Australian Rugby, CEO of the Football Federation, and chair of the Australian Wool Exchange. He was a director of TABCOR, chair of Events New South Wales, and also a director of Rugby World Cup. And he's currently um, a director at Queensland Airports and a member of the Advisory Council of China Matters. He's also a member of the 2032 Brisbane Olympic Bid Advisory Board. He has some a substantial um, shareholding in Star, so he's certainly got skin in the game. We've got Miss Katie Lay, also standing for re-election as a director, and she's been a non-executive director at Star since 2013. She chairs the People, Culture and Social Responsibility Committee and is also a member of the Risk and Compliance and also the Remuneration Committee. Qualified academically, um, she's currently a director of Carnival Australia. She's a member of the National Indigenous Culinary Institute Advisory Board, previously chaired Carnival Australia and Corn Ferry International, which is a big executive search firm, and was on the boards of David Jones, Australia Council, Major Performing Arts, Hills Motorway, Australia Post, and the Garvin Institute. So Katie's got an extensive background in retail, tourism and entertainment sectors. 
as well as having been a CEO in both public and private sector. So she brings quite a range of skills and experience to the board. She holds 56,907 shares in STAR and that includes 10,000 shares that she just recently purchased. So we're supporting her re-election. And the remuneration report, we're against. Now, um, I just noticed um, noticed yesterday um, (laughs) Commonwealth Bank um, narrowly missed a first strike, didn't they? They they did indeed. I was reading the press reports today. Mm. With the remuneration reports, it was a rather difficult one. You know, a lot of positives there. Their report is quite comprehensive. They include actual take-home pay as well as the mandatory statutory um, details. The CEO and the other senior execs took a cut in fixed remuneration from 1 April to 30th of June, that is three months. The cut for the CEO was 40%. The non-executive directors also took a 50% reduction in their fees for the same period. They uh, went to market during financial year 20 for remuneration advisory service and PwC were reappointed as their external consultants. There were no actual recommendations for change. For financial year 21, STARS Remuneration Committee is reviewing the operation of the STI, the short-term incentives, to determine whether the plan design including their gateway measures, remain appropriate and fit for purpose. They regularly benchmark the fixed annual remuneration to the market and no change um, for the coming year on that. With the short-term incentives, the maximum for the CEO is 150% of his fixed REM, two-thirds of any awards paid in cash, and the other third is deferred into equity, that is to shares, which vest after one year. We feel it would be preferable to have a larger portion deferred into equity and perhaps a longer deferral period, but do acknowledge there's a higher focus on LTI than STI in their at-risk portion of remuneration. They use the face value approach in calculating the number of performance rights under the LTI and the performance period is four years. So for the ASA, we'd give a tick on that. Performance hurdles, there are three. TSR, Total Shareholder Return, ROIC, Return on Invested Capital, and EPS, Earnings Per Share. We think the vesting hurdles could be a bit more rigorous. For instance, with the TSR, they currently have 50% vesting at the 50th percentile. They do have clawback provisions. Now, they didn't meet the financial gateway under the short-term incentive plan, but as a special matter, the board decided to make limited equity awards under the um, STI. In the annual report, they've set out in quite an amount of detail the rationale for that. The board has stated that it undertook a rigorous process to ensure exercise of discretion was in the best interests of the company. That included considering ASIC guidelines, getting external advice and reviewing quite a range of information on performance, both pre and post the COVID restrictions coming into place. They said that they considered impact on STARS operation, their team members, their shareholders, guests and other stakeholders. 
They believe that management's response to the pandemic was extremely good. And one of the things they did mention, in fact, was that they've got Crown opening in a few months and also in their considerations on the STI was retention of talent. So whilst they believe that is the right way to go, ASA has some some misgivings on that particular one. For the MD and CEO and exec committee, 40% of STI on target amount was approved and the MD and CEO, Matt Beckier, received 48%. For the other 775 participants that they had in this special STI arrangement, which also included a number of their frontline managers, 60% was approved. The amounts that they gave were in equity only, no cash, and they had a one-year retention restriction. So whilst there were some positives, there were some negatives. And, of course, some shareholders could well take the view that with suffering a decrease in share price and decrease in dividends, the loss in their profit, plus some support that they were provided by government, that it would not be appropriate to make the discretionary payments when their financial gateway was not actually met. So ASA has decided not to support adoption of the remuneration report on this occasion. However, in terms of uh, the issuing of shares and granting of performance rights to the CEO, um, we're voting for. That's right. And there's no change in those arrangements from the previous, you know, the, the amount that he has as his target, etc., cetera, uh, hasn't changed. And this is for the year going forward, not the year past. He has a significant holding of shares in the company, so he's um, got significant skin in the game. So whilst we're going against the remuneration report for the year gone, we're supporting the grant of performance rights to him for the year going forward. And and the last vote is for a change in the constitution. Can you tell us a bit about that, please? Yes. The current STAR constitution was adopted when they listed in uh, 2011 and was last amended in 2017 following shareholder approval at their AGM. They've recently undertaken a review of the constitution and proposed a number of amendments um, which are consistent with the Corporations Act and ASX listing rules and which seek to achieve efficient and flexible administration of the company and to also enable greater participation by and engagement with shareholders at general meetings. Their proposed changes are very clearly and comprehensively set out in the notice of meeting and uh, we are proposing to support that resolution. Are there any questions that will be asked by the association at the AGM? Yes, we will be asking questions. We will focus on things like going forward, their diversification into other markets, given there their may be some continuation of border closures. It may be that the number of people coming from areas like China could decrease and how they, they're diversifying into other areas overseas, particularly other Asian areas, and also how they're expanding in other areas domestically 
in their mass premium market and all, also areas like online capability. So be asking questions in that area and we'll obviously be asking questions in relation to remuneration and the special payments uh, made in relation to short-term incentives. We're still looking at any other possible questions that we may raise and I'd be interested to hear from any of our members if they've got any questions they'd particularly like put forward. Carol, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you, Phil. It's been a pleasure for me too.